0: Hey brothers, welcome back to the Liberation Mentor Podcast. This is the last show I will be recording from my home in Arizona. I'm leaving in a few hours and uh, I've been going back and forth as to whether I should even do this show, (sighs) but a part of me just thinks that... um, Maybe the story I'm about to tell will, will help others. Will be able to help others, and uh, maybe it'll, it'll also be able to help me by getting it out. So, you guys, if you've been listening to the show for a while, know that um, four months ago, my uh, my wife asked me for a divorce, um, and I didn't see it coming, and. Um, I just want to tell the story of how it got to that point, so that you can perhaps um understand why I haven't been doing many episodes of the show, and uh, also so that I can maybe help impart the gravitas of the lessons that I've learned over the last four months by putting everything into context. So um, I'll start. I'll start in two thousand and. 2010 which is where the sequence of events that led to where i am now all began in 2010 i um i had a an on-again off-again girlfriend from australia who had moved back to australia to complete her studies and um Our relationship ended because I was based in London at the time. And, uh, (sighs) you know, she had to go back and I didn't want to go to Australia. I had things going on in London. So the relationship just ended. But it was one of those relationships that it ended for no good reason, you know. And uh, we kept in touch and... I went there to visit her a couple of times and eventually I made the decision that yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go move to Australia to be with her, which I knew was the wrong decision on some deep level. But I just couldn't let go. I couldn't let go. I was just holding on. And I remember very clearly when I was standing in my flat in London, I was <laughs> I was stoned actually. And that was back when I still smoked weed. And I was making the decision, I was about to text her, making the decision on whether I was going to move to Australia or not. And this voice said to me very clearly, that little voice of instinct of your higher self or intuition or whatever you want to call it. It just said to me, if you want more pain, go to Australia. And I disregarded that voice. I thought it was just paranoia from the weed. And I moved to Australia and I was there for six months and it was at the time, at that time, the hardest six months I've ever been through. And I got really down and um, I didn't wanna be there. And that girlfriend couldn't couldn't connect with me or couldn't give me what I needed. And I couldn't give her what she needed due to a bunch of different factors. And um, it just ended. And, uh, you know, after doing a lot of introspection, over the last four months, I've realized that I'm what, what people call uh, an HSP, a highly sensitive person. Highly sensitive people process all types of data from the environment and all internal data. Um, they feel much more, right? They sense much more. And, you know, for the jiu-jitsu guys listening, a lot of you guys always ask how I was able to get my black belt so quickly about that a lot. And I've realized it's partly because I'm a highly sensitive person, I process kinesthetic or um, touch data very, very uh, intensely. So that's why I was able to really feel, feel jujitsu and the balance of it and the positioning of it. Um, a lot more easily than, than certain other people. But and, and this is a real blessing in many ways to be able to feel more because you you, f- you gather more data, but you also, um, feel m- more intensely your emotions. But that also comes with a huge curse, right? Which is, you feel the highs more, but you feel the lows more as well. My, my friend, who's a doctor of philosophy, he said something to me once, he said, you crave absolute peak experiences that cannot be taken away from you. And, um, that is true about me, that's the way I've always lived my life, I want, I want the peak experiences, you know, I want to, I want to squeeze all the juice from life, I want to, I want to live life with no regrets, Um, but the issue is, especially when I love, you know, I was thinking the other day, I don't know how to half love, I can only fully love, there's just no other way for me, um, and so, you know, when a relationship ends for me, it's, it's fucking traumatic. <laughs> it's the only way to put it. It's fucking traumatic. But so that relationship ended and I actually had a, I had a very bad taste in my mouth and I, I didn't trust women and I spent the next few years, the next couple of years, not doing some pretty stupid things when it came to women and breaking hearts and just being callous and stupid. And, um, I went back to London, obviously, after this happened, and in 2012, 2013, I decided to leave London, and, um, just travel the world, and, and figure things out, and enjoy myself, and, and be free, and towards the end of this travel, I met a woman who would subsequently become my wife, and, um, Yeah, we, we had a, an amazing amazing relationship in which I learned. I learned so much, I learned so much from that woman. I can never pretend I didn't. I learned so so much from her. Um, and we decided, you know, like we there was a lot of difficulty and and chaos in the beginning of our relationship and uh, she, she, she left a particular job that she was doing. And I said to her, okay, just come, come be with me. And she flew out to where I was in South, Southeast Asia. And then we spent the next, the next year and a half living, living, traveling the world, having these amazing experiences. Um, but it got to a point where I just realized, okay, like we can't keep drifting like this. And I was running out of money. It was getting really expensive to fly two people around the world. And you know, I realized, okay, well, we're going to settle down. Where's the best place? I realized that it was America, because, you know, I, I loved America, she she loved her home as well. South Africa was, would have been a step back, England would have been a step back again. Southeast Asia was just, you know, it wasn't really practical. And so um, I proposed to her, you know, and um, we were in South Africa at the time, I proposed to her and she said yes, and um, she went back to America to wait for me while I applied for my, my K-1 visa. I think it was called a K-2 visa, which is a, a fiancé visa um, for people who are engaged, and it allows the, the non-U.S. citizen to enter the U.S. and then change that to a, a green card once they've entered. So I spent six months in South Africa waiting for this visa while she was back home missing her like crazy. But also I spent that six months as a period of deep, deep introspection, because I took a long hard look at my life, and myself and where I was and where I wanted to go more importantly. And what I wanted to do. And I realized, okay, Nick, you've been traveling the world for the last five years, without the responsibilities of a home and, you know, taxes and various other things. And it's been cool. But what got you here is not going to get you to the next level, you're going to have to change. And I spent a long time thinking about everything in my life and what I needed to change. You know, I was like, I'm going to America, America is the most competitive place in the world. People do not fuck around here, you know, and I I said to myself, Okay, what do you do? Well, and I identified the things I did well. And I said to myself, you're gonna to have to do those and you're gonna to have to do them better. And then I said to myself, well, what do you not do well? And I realized I was going to have to become more disciplined, more organized. I was going to have to work harder. I was going to have to raise my game. And I I made this agreement to myself. I remember writing it down. I made a pledge. I called it the USA Pledge. The pledge of all the things I was going to do when I arrived in the USA. You know, all the things, all the ways I was going to step up, all the ways I was going to raise my game including work harder, be more disciplined, be more organized, honor my wife in a way that no one had ever honored her before, and make up for the mistakes I'd made at the beginning of our relationship. And when I got you, I did that. You know, I got the visa six months later. I remember bursting into tears when the guy said, your visa has been granted because it, I'd been so stressed about it and I'd missed my wife, so, my, my fiancé, so much at the time. And so when I arrived in America, the switch had been flicked in me. I was like, man, this is it. This is it now, Nick. This is it. And I didn't have much money at the time. But um, I got us. I found us a house. I didn't even have credit in America. So we had to put it in the name of my mother-in-law. So she put her name on the lease. Didn't have, um, at that time, a green card. I was waiting for it. So I couldn't really work legally. So I had to rely on hustling with my online businesses to, to generate an income. And then I got my green card and I just started traveling the stage teaching Jiu Jitsu seminars and hustling, hustling. I emailed basically every Jiu Jitsu academy in the United States saying who I was and what I could do and asking if they wanted to host a seminar. And a bunch of them did, you know, so I just I got on planes and I just flew around the country and I took buses and trains and I just did it. I hustled because my wife wasn't working at the time um, for, for very good reasons. And so I knew I had to support us and I knew I had to build something I knew was behind, you know, in the society I was behind. I didn't have assets. I didn't have history. I was behind. So I knew I had to work twice as hard as anyone else, you know. Um, And so during this time, this, this past three years, or two and a half years, you know, I was constantly either working or Thinking about my businesses. I started a new business. You guys are listening to it now. Part of it now. Liberation Mentor. I studied a bunch of different stuff on how to prepare for this new business. And what it was going to take. You know, I was going to have to learn a bunch of new skills. And have to make myself really uncomfortable and put myself in hard situations. Which I did. And, um, you know, I just, I, I, if I wasn't working, I was thinking about my business. I wasn't thinking about my business. I was doing things that I knew would help benefit it, or I was reading books, or I was listening to podcasts. I had this singular focus, which was, I want to build something for my wife and I in this country. I want to take care of my wife and I. I want to build a better life for her and I. That was my focus, my total focus. I was like, Nick, you have to grow up now. It's not just you. It's not just you. It's you and your wife, you know, and your pets, and maybe one day your kids, you know, and... I know this sounds like all very normal stuff for the average person, but for me, this required a lot of change because I'd been living my life in a very selfish way for a long, long time. It was just me for a long, long time. So it took, it took a lot to, to change those mental habits. And, you know, four months ago, you know, my wife and I, yeah, sure, we, we had the odd spat and everything, but generally, we were pretty solid, or I thought we were pretty solid. There were certain things I didn't see because I was so busy, and I was so focused, I didn't see that she was unhappy with certain things. Looking back now, it's clear as day, but in the moment, I was I was so absorbed in this task, in this, in this focus that I'd put myself on, that I couldn't see that there were certain needs of hers that were going unmet. And to be fair, there were certain needs of mine that were going unmet as well, but... Because I just believed so much in her and I and what we were doing. I just thought, okay, one day we can address that. One day it'll get better. Oh, I just thought, like, now I've just got to focus on on becoming who I have to be for this 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 mission. And doing what I have to do. And I didn't realize that for a long time I was running on fumes. didn't realize that for a long time I'd been just pushing myself to my absolute limits, mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. I was just pushing and pushing and pushing. And during this time, I had a the breakdown of a, a relationship with someone, someone I'd worked with for many years, someone I'd been friends with for many years. And um, that was harder on me than I actually thought. I had to make a very, very difficult decision. And it was it was harder than me on me than I thought. And also during this time, I had to do an around the world trip. I had my 40th birthday, I wanted to have it back home with my family. And then I had to go see a bunch of my affiliated Jiu Jitsu academies in Southeast Asia. So I literally flew around the world. Um, I was away from home for two months, which looking back being that that away from home for that long um, away from my wife for that from that long was a stupid idea and I regret it, but, um, it is what it is, so, um, four months ago, I'd, I'd, just been away teaching in California, and, um, I got home, my wife was acting a little bit aloof, I couldn't quite understand it, she went to go stay at one of her friends in a different city, and when she got home, um, we sat down, she said, we need to talk, and, uh, she told me she wanted a divorce and that there was no no hope of um, reconciliation, you know, or therapy or anything like that. And keep in mind that during all of this time, my wife was the linchpin of everything. Everything I was doing, as I said, it was for her and I. And I, I just kept in the back of my mind, no matter how hard it was, no matter how scared I was, no matter how uncomfortable I was, I just kept thinking, you know, no matter what happens, I got my wife, her and I, like, it's her and I till the end, we're going to take care of each other till the end. And one day, it's just this will all have been worth it. And she's got my back, and I've got her back. So when she told me that news, The way I try to describe it to people, it was like it was like someone hit me in in my mind with a baseball bat. Not in my head, not in my body. It was like my mind had been hit with a baseball bat. And it just shattered. It just shattered. It was the weak point. You know, I always thought of myself as someone with a, with a pretty strong mind, with pretty strong will, and discipline, and resilience. But it was like the one, the one point that I wasn't strong. That I'd i been soft. And, I'd, and that I'd allowed myself to be vulnerable. And I just... And I went into a state of shock and uh, I just had a breakdown, there's just no other way to put it. I just had a breakdown. You know, I, I, I lost my self identity. I lost my purpose. I lost my self confidence. I lost my ambition. I lost my direction and I lost my focus and um, I fell into a, a deep depression. I went into a hole that was so dark. And I was so alone, even though I had friends helping me and people that cared about me. I didn't think I was ever coming out. You know, there was a point where my, I didn't sleep for weeks. I just didn't sleep. I just, I just didn't sleep. I'd get an hour every couple of nights. I couldn't sleep. I just couldn't sleep. My body was so stressed. My mind was so stressed. I was so confused. My mind was just trying to figure out everything that happened. And, um, I just, There was a point where my health started to fail. And my health is my highest value, one of my highest values after, after love. And, uh, there was a point where I I got a stomach ulcer and, um, I was, I was coughing up blood. (laughs) I was lying on the floor of my bathroom, just coughing up blood. And uh, I was weeping. I was weeping for my wife for, for the loss, with grief. And uh, I was in physical pain and mental pain and spiritual pain and emotional pain. I was, I was broken. You know I used to when I was talking to people about this, I, was, I used to say it almost broke me because I was trying to, I was trying to be strong. But the truth is that it broke me. It broke me. And I remember in that moment, I understood what it was to be alone. Right? Alone doesn't just mean that there aren't other people around. Alone means that you're totally disconnected. You're totally disconnected. From yourself. From others. From the world. Right? That's what aloneness is. It's being disconnected. And I'd never felt so disconnected. And, you know, I spent the next four months just really diving deep. Really diving deep and questioning who I was and how this happened and how I didn't see it. And I used to look at people with, who went through mental health challenges. And if I'm brutally honest, I used to think that they were weak. That's the honest truth. I used to look at someone who was suffering from depression and I would be like, man, just think positive, you know, just say some positive affirmations, pull yourself together. You know, you can do this. (laughs) And until it happened to me. And at the same time, I used to look at people who were divorced and I used to think, you guys just didn't try hard enough. Or you didn't keep your dick in your pants or you didn't you didn't you just didn't try hard enough right and i was the guy who I'd, when i met divorced people i would say to them what happened and how did it happen because i didn't want to make that mistake i wanted to learn from the others other people's mistakes and i was like that'll never happen to me i'll never let that happen and um both of those things happened i I had a mental health breakdown and I got divorced. And um, the thing I want to share with any of you guys listening. Why I wanted to do this show besides the cathartic effect of sharing with you guys is. I want you to know that it's okay to be weak. It's okay to be weak. You know, I live my life as. I'm someone who thought that you always had to be strong. People would say, how are you doing? And I'd say, I'm strong, I'm strong. In my career as a Jiu Jitsu guy, like weakness isn't tolerated in that career. You know, it's all about being the strongest or being the best and not showing weakness. And you know, there's this current zeitgeist, when it when it comes to the the world men walk which is that you just have to suck it up and be strong and i'm here to tell you that that will only work up until a point and that the world will break you no matter how hard you try to armor yourself the world will break you it will humble you and when that point comes it's okay to ask for help it's okay to ask for help So now I'm getting ready to leave. I'm literally leaving in a few hours. And um, I wanted to share that with you guys because I'm reflecting on, on this time here in Arizona, my first home in America, and what it's meant. And uh, the huge gifts that it's given me. And uh, I just wanted to share that with you guys. When I get to California, um, I made a commitment to, to really, really focus on Liberation Mentor and the podcast, and um, I just want to thank all you guys that have reached out to me over the last few months and, and given me your support, and it's meant the world to me. It's meant the world to me. And I'll sign off with what I used to sign off on my old show. We're all alone in this together.